We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, coming at you from Blue Wire Studios, the Wind Resorts in Las Vegas. You guys are first tuning in to The Corner Podcast. It's been eight years, but we appreciate you joining when you did. We talk pro wrestling, boxing, and MMA mixed with a little bit of pop culture as well. Whatever's coming across our Twitter timelines and is timely. So thank you guys for listening, joining us for the ride that is the Corner Podcast. Today, we are talking boxing. If you haven't already, check out our pro wrestling podcast, which dropped earlier in the week. Still have an MMA podcast coming up later on this week, previewing the weekend in the UFC. So make sure you guys check that out as well. Today, though, is the sweet science kicking it off. Dre, we're not even jumping right into boxing, not into the breaking news that broke today, where we have Caleb Plant, David Benavidez signing contracts to fight each other. We don't have an exact date, but we'll talk about what that means for 2023 and how boxing starts off there and maybe has ripple effects going further than that for the entire year next year. So we'll talk about that news that was reported a little bit earlier today before we recorded this. Also, we have a fight to preview. Dimitri Bival, Zerto fighting this weekend. Uh, Zerto's really good, Golden Boy. That's going to be a tough task. For Baval and Baval's looking for this clearing out a mandatory to really take him to new heights, even bigger and better than the first Canelo fight, because he's looking at undisputed and maybe a Canelo rematch. It's a lot of money in his future if he can handle business this weekend. So we'll break down that fight as well. But we're starting with, which is crazy. It's it's also a boxing story, as unfortunate a story as it is. But the unfortunate murder and shooting of takeoff from the Migos, 28 years old. Houston, the Halloween slash birthday party. It was shocking. It always is shocking. And we'll discuss this from a hip-hop side first before we dive into the boxing side and the many aspects and, and effects it has in boxing. And we'll connect the dots. But in terms of hip-hop, which we often talk and you cover extensively for two decades now, I'd like to age you. But 
I'm not sure if we're seeing more young hip hop acts die, but it feels that way. I understand we're in the social media age where technology is better. We have video of a lot of this, so it maybe feels like that. But I remember this happening in the 90s, early 2000s. These kids, because that's what a lot of them are, kids are dying at a, a rapid clip for no reason. We understand we had the big L's. We had um, Biggie, Pac, Jam Master J. These things, they hit. They, they hurt. The big pun to a degree, even though that was health issues. There, there's always these people. 2000 stack bundles. Dies. That, that kind of hit the mixtape scene real tough. We, we have these names and, and they stick out. Jam Master J. Because it didn't seem like it was happening every day. I saw a list on Twitter. It's like 10, 10 rappers this year. Yep. Calendar year, gone. It's, am I crazy for thinking that like, yo, there's a problem in the culture right now? Yeah, there is. Um, it, it, this one's tough because unlike you know, the PNB Rocks or even a, uh, XXX, they were robbery hits, right? Yeah. Some of them were robbery hits. Pop Smoke. Yeah, Pop robbery. Smoke, robbery hits. Um, you know, some people use social media to trace where they were, what have you. This was completely out of the blue. This was, I, I, we got to end the misconception. It was not over a dice game. It was over an argument that happened at a dice game. And it, it was an era where we live in is where social media gives you an opportunity to get embarrassed by people. And our culture doesn't like to be embarrassed. So if something was going to happen and there was a physical altercation, somebody doesn't want to get embarrassed. Instead of fighting, they shoot. And that's the culture that we live in today. And this came completely out of the blue from all accounts. It seems like takeout had nothing to do with it. He just caught it straight, essentially. Quavo's arguing with somebody and, you know, they try to, it's, things happen in our culture that have nothing to do with what, like, mainstream media says, like, shot him over a dice game, whatever it is, but it was, it was some macho man shit. We have a gun problem in this country. Just flat out, we have a gun problem. If nobody had a gun, that shit wouldn't have happened. In our community, we have a, a fear problem. Instead of fighting, we'd rather shoot, right? And it happens so fast that, there was no taking into consideration who you're aiming at, right? It's not like, even when Nipsey passed, you're shooting somebody who was a staple in the community. Yeah. Right? You can argue that the Migos are one of the biggest acts that changed culture over the last decade. They, like, changed how music sounded, changed rap styles, influenced so many people. The fact that Takeoff was not even 30 was crazy to me. But we have this thing that boils down to social media where we're a lot, we're, we can be closer than what we think. So Quavo and Takeoff can occupy the same space as some knuckleheads, yeah. right? Celebrity culture is not like Michael Jackson where he was untouchable or celebrity is untouchable. They still hanging with their boys. And really this only happens in hip hop, right? Because where the music is, is a lot of it has been bred out of poverty. And it puts us in these circles where we're around people that are jealous, yeah. envious of us. 
and somebody has a gun and some shit pops off and somebody dies. And uh, there's just a lot of things we got to figure out as a, as a community. I think I said it on a previous show, Royce 5-9 said if there was a code, people wouldn't die. There, there's no code in hip-hop culture. There is no, that man's off limits. The only person who has a code is Jay Prince, which, crazily enough, his son, that's basically his event that this happened at. His event, Jay Prince's town. Prince isn't there directly. Right. But these people are there off of his name. Yeah, so, but they, there's no, there's no code. Like, everybody's a target. Everybody can go down in hip-hop. When Biggie and Pac died, it was the most shocking thing we had ever seen. Yep. Two of the top acts in music culture, period, passed away less than a year apart. Murdered. Both. Both unsolved. Crazy. Then we thought, well, maybe this wouldn't happen again. We had people like Freaky Todd die, Jam Master J, still unsolved. Absolutely nuts, right? Then you had like Stack Bundles and Chinks, and you go down the list of like other rappers that had died. But then this, this past couple of years, like it started with Nipsey, and it felt like nothing was off limits. There's no code in hip-hop. Nobody's off limits. So when this happens, it's, it's hard to defend the culture because it's not, it's not hip-hop. It's our culture. It's black culture that does it. And we have a, it, it's a huge issue, and I don't know how we fix it because the problems are much deeper than just jealousy and envy. It's, it's access to firearms. It is still the, the machismo that young African-American men face with each other and social media where you don't want to get embarrassed by somebody. I don't know how we fix this, but ultimately, a young man lost his life who was extremely successful. I mean, they just put it out, what, two weeks ago, Quavo and Takeoff? Yep. They just, Doing like their media round. Yeah, right? They just dropped a video the day before. And that's where those questions will be like, well, what were they doing at a dice game? Well, that's where they come from. And these are their people. And to be fair, it's not like, it was like, hey, you guys want to come to a dice game? No. Like, this is, for a lot of people, if you never shot dice, it was at an event. It was like a party. I was like, yo, let's go outside and shoot dice. It's like going to someone's house party playing spades. You don't necessarily expect to get shot at a spades game. No, nah, man. And... It's weird because I always look at it, always like trash talk. Talk is part of our culture. And yes, growing up, people would fight because you might say the wrong thing. You, people might take offense to something. I've seen many people fight over a basketball game. You know, after, you know, getting dog, getting embarrassed. Yeah. Want to throw hands. But the escalation of doing so and the embarrassment leading to shooting or feeling entitled enough to be like, well, you embarrassed me. I'm taking your life is, is wild. to me. Friday came out how long ago? Like that was the thing. It's like, no, like, listen, if he whoops your ass and you embarrassed, you ain't going to shoot him. That was the moral of the story. Yep. You'll live, live to fight another day. Like put your hands up. That, that's the moral of the story. We ain't learned shit in 30 years. It, it's wild because I go home to New York often. And I still go to the block where I grew up. I still go at least once, one day out of every trip, go and say what's up to everyone who's still living there. Dab up my boys, walk down the block, chill in front of the stoop with everybody. But I'm keenly aware that it's like I'm taking a risk being here. 
And that's weird to me. Granted, growing up, I've been shot at. I was at basketball tournaments in New York over the summer where people just, they lost the game. People were popping shit. They got in their car. Yeah, and they shot through the fence and people were shot at. I've been shot at, at several times in my life. I never had a gun. I never beef with nobody. I've been in areas where people were shooting. I was shot at. I had to duck down. I had to take cover and shit. Like, that's, it's scary. But when you reach a certain level, when you're in comfortable spaces, I didn't know those people. When I'm in comfort, comforting spaces, I'm at a party. I'm not expecting to get shot. If I'm at a Roscoe's chicken and waffles with my girl, I ain't expecting to get run up on, shot, and robbed. You mentioned, you're like, if there is a code, it seems to be the wild, wild west now. Before, it was, if you have beef, or you around people that got beef with someone else, you're taking the risk. You understand what's happening. You may be caught out in some shit that got nothing to do with you. That doesn't even have to be the case. You be minding your damn business. I mean, the, the, the thing that troubles me the most about this is that it wasn't premeditated. That it was reactionary. That's the scariest part. Right? Again, B&B Rock. Like you, Nipsey. Like these were... Somebody targeted somebody, right? Takeoff wasn't targeted. Like, they were hanging out. This, pulling a gun is reactionary. That's the scariest thing to me, and that's, that's a problem that we need to figure out within the community is, like, why is our natural reaction to pull out a gun? Because I guarantee you the person, I won't guarantee you because I don't know that. I don't know the shooter. But I don't think he showed up. I was like, I'm going to take this fool out. I don't think that was his, his game. Bullets have no name, right? And it's... And it was such a reaction that it happened so fast that why is that our first instinct? The other problem is, like you mentioned, like we reach a point where sellout is only used in our community, right? As soon as you make something of yourself and you come out of impoverished conditions, the moment that you don't return to where you came from, no matter how dangerous it is, you're called a sellout. And a lot of us wear that on our shoulders like, oh, I can still go here. now. Granted, Quavo and Takeoff weren't necessarily going there. No. But they were in a situation where like, it wasn't even something they were mindful of. It was playing dice. Like, we're playing dice. and At the homie's birthday party. Right. But there's some dudes that we don't know. Yep. You got to be conscious of your, your surroundings. But you don't want to be higher than. You don't want to be an elitist. I've, I mean, I've been in situations living in Vegas, whereas people have called me, oh, you're Hollywood now. And I got to, and you know, my wife jokes with me. It's like, you got to be careful where you at. You can't just show up certain places because people just don't like you. They're just jealous of you. People really don't like you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, people just don't. And, it, and it's nothing that I've done, but they, everybody feels like they're owed something. Yeah. Right? Oh, you ain't coming back to the hood or you ain't, you too good for me now? It's a lot of that. So Quavo and Takeoff are shooting dice or playing or being around some people. There's always going to be somebody looking at them like who they think they are. It's something in our community that has to change. But the reactionary thing to do was somebody pulled a gun and shot somebody and killed him. I don't know what that person's thinking now. I don't know what the, the shooter is thinking now, that he made a mistake. You can't take that one back. No, your life's done too. Yeah, but That's it's the craziest shit. Like, your life is over. They catching you? I've seen enough of the four, first 48. Like, it's, it's a wrap. Maybe. Everybody got a cell phone. <laughs> it's a wrap. Like, they're, they're catching you. You're going away forever. Yeah, we, like, we'll figure out how long it takes to catch them. But then the next thing is, why don't the news care about us? And what I mean by that is, 
to see the video of this floating around on social media yeah. is troubling. Um, you know, I woke up that morning, I looked at my phone, and I saw RIP take off. And I was like, what? I, you know, and, and I started scrolling. The first thing I saw was a video of him bleeding out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Who's sharing this? Why are you sharing this? Why do you feel this is necessary for people to see? And TMZ shared it. TMZ has no scruples. They have, they're lawless. They're a lawless nation. Uh, the, the thing about TMZ is they, they do get a lot of news right. They've found a way to be a credible source, but at the same time, they're going to pay somebody for a video of somebody dying. Yeah. I don't, we don't need to see that. For somebody to be dead, that's cool. Like, that's all I need to know. I don't need video of it. I don't need, I don't, I'm not going, oh, I don't believe you. Show me the video. There, there's a carelessness in our community and in our culture. And, and it's, we got to demand better across the board that there's, that's somebody's son. That's somebody's friend. That's somebody, but why are we, like, we're not even considering how this is affecting their loved ones. It's, it's out of control how the news cycle works. I think the news cycle is just a representation of our culture, the culture, human culture as a whole now. There's no better word or phrasing to put this. People are, they feel entitled. Everything is reality TV to these people now. Everything is entertainment. Everything has to be told to them. The whole fake news thing is built off of that concept of every detail of everything needs to be shared. If not, it's fake. Right? Like that's, and people will dig until they find something that they'd be like, oh, see? And then they say they're woke. And that's all aspects of media and entertainment. Everyone is entitled. And it's a boxing show, to use a boxing comparison, the Jake Paul fight. Anderson Silva took a dive. What? Nah, fam, I was there. I saw him get caught. He didn't dive. He didn't decide last round to, like, yo, go down. He got caught. He got dropped. He got back up. No, no, no. But you see this video? This angle shows that, what are you talking about? I'm telling you. I'm there. I, I literally had this argument with someone the other day. I cover boxing for a living. I got no skin in the game. I'm telling you, he didn't take a dive. Nah, nah, but did you? It's like, I'm a professional. They don't care about that. I'm in the build. Like, I, you, no, but this said, yo, what? But, Everyone feels entitled to everything. And it doesn't stop when you get to videos of murder, videos of accidents, as we've seen with the Bryant family and Vanessa and, and invasions of privacy. I'm not sure privacy is a is a concept anymore. No, it's not. To everyone now, everything is the Kardashians. Everything should be seen because they are entitled to the full truth in their eyes. It's like, fam, you don't got to know everything. You don't got to know my life. Well, what are you hiding if you don't tell me? What are you doing? Oh, you're big time. You're a sellout. Why, why don't you come through? You don't know what the hell I'm doing. Maybe I can't come back to the block because I'm feeding my family. Maybe there's medical issues. You don't know what's going on in my life, but I'm big time. But everyone needs to know everything. They need to know how much you make every day, what your salary is, how much you work, where you go, the details of your job. They need to know everything. If not, it's not enough. 
and TMZ feeds into that, and that's why they're successful. Because they'll give you everything you want, and you'll keep going back. My only counter to that is everything's on screens now, so it's not real. And what I mean by that is when you hold your phone and you watch a reality show, you don't know whether it's real or not. But you, your mind is tricked into believing reality TV. And so when you see somebody die on camera, you get desensitized to it because you see it so many times. You know, if you go through George Floyd or you go through all these, these things that you see, the effect's not the same. And it's the same with our lives where you say, like, everybody wants to know every detail, but they don't. They only want to know the shit that they know, and we are responsible for the shit that we put out there. I mean, it's always been this, the studio gangster, right? Or it's always been the rapper who looks like he has money, but he's really broke. Yeah. And that's the bigger issue with our culture. It's like, there is, you talk about the entitlement, but there are people who, are, who feel that they need to overshare only certain aspects of their life. They don't share everything, but they want to make you think they share everything. And now it's like one monster feeding another. So it's like, I got all these jewelries. Let me show all my money, but I'm really broke. Yep. Or, you know, the girls that, I mean, Drake said it in the song. He's like, you, took, you went on a vacation like eight months ago and you're still sharing pictures like you've been on the road for the last eight months. Perception versus reality. And Takeoff's death, people didn't feel like that was a private moment anymore because they're so used to everything being public and they want to share it and they want to be first. Remember back in the comment section, they'd be like, first? Yep. It was still, mad corny. Still in the comment section, everywhere. People just say first because they want to feel important. But that now TikTok in a nutshell. Social media has made everybody feel important. Social media like dwindled down the six degrees of separation, like two or three. If you tweet at somebody, I guarantee you in conversations, like, I know such and such because he added me. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. So it, it's a big issue, not just with hip hop culture, but it's an issue with our society as a whole. But at the end of the day, none of this shit matters because a very successful young man has died for nothing. He wasn't even a target. He was a, a victim of a stray bullet. And I think we need to have a bigger conversation about that in our community. I don't even know how we handle it because access to guns is ridiculous. Yep. Meanwhile, we're about to have, uh, it's about to be election day in a few days. And there's people arguing for, with Roe v. Wade. Gun control is still a topic of conversation. And, like, nobody's addressing these things. Like, oh, like Kanye said, oh, the Planned Parenthood is the Black Holocaust. We got other issues in the community that we got to deal with. And this is the moment where Kanye puts your shit to the side. Nobody cares. Kyrie puts your shit to the side. Nobody cares. A young man just died. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. I don't care about none of the other stuff that you're saying. What are you going to be doing about that? Because that is somebody that you were close with or met or knew or something. Like, that's a bigger issue in the community than the Jews run the media. Take care of that shit. Yeah, it's... It takes intelligence, nuance. It takes a lot of things to bring that to your audience and inform them on this. You probably got to read a little bit to be informed enough to convince your audience of these things, right? That's too much for them. Yeah, well, no, you don't have to read anything to convince anybody anything. You just say it if you're popular and spread the message. Um, we, I want to move this into boxing because I don't know how anybody moves on from this. I don't know how Quavo moves on with his life seeing his nephew die in his arms. Shakur Stevenson was right there. Yes. Right there. 
and watch somebody die. And I don't know if anybody's really considering the effect that that has on a human when you watch somebody die inches from you. It Like, this was not like, they weren't even across the hall. They were in the same circle. Yeah, seen it. I don't. It's all bad. Shakur Stevenson, you know, he tweeted RIP takeoff. I don't know what else he's supposed to say, but obviously he's going to be questioned if he hasn't been already. I just don't know how these young men move on with their lives after this. Unfortunately, and we, we you know, with Shakur being a boxer, being from Newark, um, Migos being from down south Atlanta area, and this happening in Houston, Jazz, Jazz Prince, son of Jay Prince, to being his party, I guess there was a video showing he was around. People like, he walked right off of the scene. You don't know what that man was doing. You just make shit up off of a tiny clip. Unfortunately, it further numbs people. And I hope, because it's, it's easy to think Twitter is the world. Facebook is the world. None of that shit matters. I hope those around them, close to them, are reaching out and making sure that they're also okay, as okay as you can be, or what help they need. And there's no blame game shit. I don't care who started arguing. I don't care if Quavo was starting an argument over whatever. I don't care. He didn't ask for anybody to be shot. He ain't shoot his cousin. I, I hate that narrative on online. Shakur wasn't in the wrong for being out of his home right. at a party. And being next to this. So many people play the blame game. I, I hope people are reaching out and giving them guidance. Because I've, I've seen. I've seen with my own two eyes. When people don't have those influences next to them. And the wrong influences in these situations do more harm than good. I, I've seen someone I grew up with very closely um, in New York. Did a lot of stuff for me growing up. Grew up on my block. Um, always took care of me when I went back, even after I moved here and went back for every summer and everything. Made sure I was good. No one, no one ever tried me in New York. No one ever touched me. My clout was great. Halfway off of the back of him. Maybe more than halfway. I remember getting the call that he was shot and robbed and shot 12 times, five in the head. And he survived. I go back and I talk to him still to this day. I remember everyone else's reactions around. I remember who he was then and talking to him in the hospital a week later, amazed that he can talk. And his first words were, oh, fuck it, as soon as I get out of here, we got him. Fam, that's not, that's not what we thinking about right now. Like you got three kids. At this point, we're like 25. You got three kids. Wait, I just saw your mom's crying. The whole fam was crying. Now that we know you're going to survive and you can speak, because God knows no one knew if he could speak. Your first words are like, yo, we're going to get him. Like, the mentality is different. You need people who, who are different around to break the same mentality that led to this in the first place. And unfortunately, sometimes we're... we're People grow up, they don't have those influences. Hopefully they have positive influences who come through and, and make sure they're okay psychologically. Because 
I've never seen anyone calmly move on. The first thought is always revenge. Or fuck, the police better find them. Because if not, if we find them first, we going to do the Like, that's, that's the mentality of so many people. Like, I don't give a fuck. Someone died. Someone was shot. Like, this is a wake-up call. Yo, we out of this. And then it's so many times that's, that's not the case. So um, I hope the people around are, are not saying those things. Because, again, I've seen these situations. I've seen the people around react like, nah, fuck that, I got you. We got the clip, blah, blah, blah. We, we strapped up. We going to spin the block, blah, blah. You think that's comforting? That's not what people need. That's not therapy. It's not healing shit. So hopefully they have the right people around. That's my long-winded answer to that. So many times in our community, same things that led to this and stupidness are, are what get bred from this. I've seen people die back and forth for summers. It was a summer in New York. Two, two fucking blocks were beefing. Five people got killed. Back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. And then three people went to jail off of those. In the summer, I was back in New York for two months off of school. Eight people were gone. I ain't seen them since. Their life's done. People we grew up next to, gone. So shit's, shit's crazy. People heal in bad ways sometimes. So hopefully that's not the case here. Because enough, enough lives have been lost, unfortunately. You know, I wish the best their um, families as they grieve. I wish them strength and all that stuff. I don't want to see a problem compounded. So, and as far as boxing, I don't know where you go. Jay Prince is not a manager per se, but he's like an advisor. Gal Heyman. He advises a lot of people, full disclosure, on top rank. Promotion that I cover at ESPN. A lot of boxers. Shakur moved to Houston because there was an environment where Jay Prince allowed him to cultivate his own gym, his own team around Shakur. That's why Shakur is in Houston. He is the advisor for a lot of young men. It's the reason why... His son knows Migos. It's Jay Prince. It's the reason why Drake goes down there all the time. All these people. And as much as we talk about Jay Prince and the fear factor of when you're around him and everything, when he's not physically around, more and more people are trying shit. It's, I'm not sure what, what that leads to in a business sense. Because um, it, it's hard. I know it has to be hard for him to put the people you advise or manage and direct, indirectly see them come into these situations because of your connection. That can't be easy. No, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, the only thing I'd left to say about this is uh, if this was affected you in some kind of way, feel comfortable taking a mental health day. I, I say that, and I, I mean this sincerely. Like, when the queen died, there were people like, you want to go home for work? Right? Black people don't give a fuck about that. No. But this affects us in a different way. 
And if it affected you in a negative way, and that that doesn't go for like Shakur, but it goes for anybody. Like if this has affected you, take a mental health day. Like take a day off. Get off of social media. And when when I like mental health, like people, mental health days are weird because people take a mental health day and go on Instagram. That is not a mental health day. Oh. You are jumping out of the firing pan and into the fire. Disconnect. Shakur Stevenson needs to disconnect. I didn't even like that he felt the need to post RIP takeoff because the weird thing is. If he didn't, people's like, he didn't touch RP takeoff. And it's like, it's fucking weird yeah. that I have to show you that I care about somebody that I care about. That was next, like, I, I care about. Right, I, know like, I don't need to do that. So I hope Shakur, like, takes some time off. I hope nobody asks, where is he? Who cares? The man's got a life. Yep. He's been traumatized. He doesn't have to be tough for you. I hope Quavo disappears for a while. I don't want to see you on social media. I don't want to see people... Following him around. Family. Yeah, I don't want to see it, TMZ trying to throw a camera in his face. If you were affected by this, take a day off. Take a day off because this is it's a tough pill to swallow because it hits us so close because we've been in these situations. I've played dice with a few homies. I've had arguments. Nobody, it wasn't like takeoff went to that thing thinking maybe something could pop off. He had just posted on social media earlier. His whole MO was like, I'm going to go hang out. Yeah. Nobody expects shit to happen. It's like when car accidents happen, they just happen. This was, unfortunately, this was like a car accident. It just happened. But I need people to feel comfortable saying, I need a day to myself to decompress. There is no need for anybody to get on social media and send your condolences. Like you, unless you want to, that's different. If you want to, you're fine, but don't feel like you need to. When I lost, and I say I lost, but she was a friend to a lot of us. When, jazz, when we lost jazz during the pandemic, and Jazzfly, for those who don't know, uh, wrote on This Is Us. We were friends in, when I worked at BET. When she, when she passed away, it was weird because there was people asking, you're not going to post anything on social media? It's like, no, I'm trying to work, navigate through this. And it hit me hard because even though me and Jazz didn't hang out every day, like we talked a lot. Yeah. You know, and when we had a, an opportunity to talk about, you know, our careers and I told her she inspired me. Like I did, I interviewed her for like, the Ozzy before, like while she was in Paris, so it was like not too many, too much time it came away from that. But people ask, like, you know, are you going to post something? For who? Who am I doing this for? I owe you nothing. I hope Quavo understands that he owes nobody anything. He owes it to himself to take care of himself. And I hope Shakur does the same thing because I don't need those fucking likes for an RIP. And I hope he understands that. He's a young man, and I hope he gets it, but take some time off, man. I don't need to see this guy in a boxing ring until he really is ready to do it, and I don't think anybody should rush him or ask any questions. No, 100%. I think here is definitely everyone involved. I wish them nothing but peace, whatever that means for them currently in this situation, because it will be hard to find. But I want them to have the space to find some of it without being bad. So let's hit the break real quick, come back. We have breaking news in boxing. So we'll get into the nitty-gritty of boxing after the break and preview this weekend's card that we mentioned earlier as well. Dimitri Bivol defending his title. So don't go anywhere. Boxing talk right after this.
All right, everybody, we are back. Time to jump into the nooks and crannies of boxing. Um, again, just to reiterate from that first segment, you're affected in any way, need a day, take it. Mental health is important. We love covering sports. We love all of this stuff. We love watching boxing and combat sports and enjoying everything. Your health, mental stability, everything comes first. So we can enjoy those things. So you can listen to the Corner Podcast. So you can see me get on the old man's nerves. So make sure you guys take care of yourself first and foremost. Dre, the, in boxing though, the big news today, David Benavidez, Caleb Plant, signed contracts. It's going down. Mm. This after David Benavidez had a fight that they were working on, get called off yesterday. <laughs> and then Caleb Plant steps up to the plate. At least the deals are signed. They're just waiting on a date. I don't want to hear about it until they have a date. How about that? I've had enough of framework. They're in the same company. I don't care. It's not across the street. No, I, I mean, look, man, we, we've been burned all year. Yeah, right? but that's like dream fight. Like this, this is a fight that can happen. Spencer Crawford was a fight that could happen. Terrence Crawford's not signed to them. They're both PBC fighters. No, but that fight was at the finish line. I'm just curious. When they figure out when Benavidez is playing. It's the fight to make. It's a very obvious fight to make. Yes. I mean, the reports say possible, you know, sometime early next year. is weird because Caleb Plant just fought. And I what feel, hell of a performance, though. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, but I remember I talked to Caleb and he was like, oh, I'm going to take some time off. And he's going to jump right in. It's not like you're jumping in with Darrell fighting a monster and Benavidez. I love this fight. Um... We've wanted this fight for a while. These two clearly don't like each other. No. And it's a, it's a decent consolation for all the other bullshit that we didn't get this year, right? Whenever it happens. Does it happen in January? Does it happen in February? Does it happen in March? I don't know. They need to figure that out. Um, it's tricky because it's good for us, but it's not, like a, it's not a huge mainstream fight. Is it a pay-per-view fight? I would say yes. I don't think it should be. I... More eyes if it's not. Uh, that's what you need. The reason why you need that, because, he, all right, here's a train of thought. Caleb Plant, for all intents and purposes, people remember him getting knocked out by Canelo. Yes. Stops. Whatever. Sure. And David Benavides, people know him through other people as a guy who gives Canelo problems. Now, if these two meet, the thing is, is that <laughs> Caleb just lost to Canelo. So to put him on pay-per-view would feel like a strange thing to do. Benavides has never been on pay-per-view. You need to put eyeballs on both of them so you can have Canelo's next opponent. So hopefully they put this on Showtime and do it in like maybe February if they don't have a big fight. Give us some time to build. Because it's hard. If like they did it early January, that's a hard fight to sell. Yeah. If it's pay-per-view. Because then you have Charlo like two weeks later. You kind of have that entire. It's like, the holidays, Christmas, New yeah, Year's. Yeah, you hangover. gotta get through all that nonsense. Yeah, That's, this is this is a big fight for a myriad of reasons, but you still have to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. So hopefully they do this in February. But I mean, I don't know how many times I've said it on this show. I think David Benavides is the truth, and I I like Caleb Plant as a I do person. Too. As a person, like we've talked a lot of times, but it's like. Yes, I don't know about that one. I think Benavidez stops him. <laughs> I think he does too. I think Benavidez stops a, 
everyone that's not named Canelo and maybe Canelo. He he's he's frightening. He's 68. He's 168 power, but he's a giant. He doesn't he never stops throwing punches. He has a granite chin. Um just got to test the body. Yeah, you got to test the body and I we we got to see how he deals with movement from certain fighters, right? Like Caleb Plant will test him in terms of footwork and movement and getting out of the way of punches because a lot of people that Benavides fought, fought, fought they're, they're right in front of him. Yeah. And they don't know how to move. Yep. Right? So they end up getting smoked. But this, this is a tremendous fight. I, I mean, I hope it comes together because, God damn, boxing's just shitted on us for the whole fourth quarter of 2022. The good thing is, is when bad shit happens in the fourth quarter of something, usually there's a lot of open fighters for the first quarter of the next year. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, nobody fought this year. Like, if, if you really look at it, nobody fought, like, more than once. No, everyone fought. Yeah, everybody had one fight. They all fought twice. Canelo fought twice. And he Which is a, low for Canelo. Yeah, well, I mean, just recently because he got four fights in 12 months. But, yeah. like, the biggest fight we got in the fourth quarter just happened. Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. Yes. Which was... Jumping right into that. Yeah. It was not fixed. Man, <laughs> it God was not damn. rigged. Silva didn't take a dive. Oh. And to go beyond that, it was wildly entertaining. Yo, all right. So if anybody watched my Fighting Words episode this week, I said, leave Jake Paul the fuck alone. Like, we've gotten to this point where leave this man alone. Jake Paul is 6-0 with four knockouts. He beat Anderson Silva, who's a 47-year-old MMA fighter who happened to be a former WBC champion. He won. For the record, I did not score it for Jake Paul. But it's not a robbery. No. I, I mean, I had it even with the knockdown. This, this fight, eight-round fights are difficult to score. It could go either way. Nobody kind of ran away with rounds. I do disagree with how wide the scorecards were. Yes. The 278-73s is like, that's wide. But it wasn't fixed. As soon as that got called out, you're like, Anderson yeah, I thought so because I <laughs> felt like 77-74 is a scorecard I had for Anderson Silva. But, like, the first three rounds were pretty close. And Silva won. I, I, it was like two of the middle rounds were, like, pretty definite because he was pouring it on. And then Jake had the knockdown in the, ten, in the eighth. So, one, the knockdown was inconsequential to the scorecards. Yeah. Like, that's what a lot of people need to realize. The, the fight was essentially decided outside of a knockout heading into the eighth round. So anybody was like, well, he got the knockdown because he needed it. No. Which, what you idiots need to understand, and if you listen to this podcast, you're probably not an idiot. But what you idiots need to understand is that the judges don't know what is going on with the other judges. Now, if fights were fixed, they'd have very similar scorecards, and, but they wouldn't know a fighter was taking a dive. And taking a All dive. On different sides of the ring. Yeah, and taking a dive doesn't mean a knockdown. It means a knockout. So get your terminology together when you're talking about taking the dive. But you have to leave Jacob Paul, Jake Paul alone for a couple of reasons. He won. Wasn't fixed. You may disagree with the scorecards, but we disagree with scorecards a lot in boxing. Yep. And there are a lot of very close rounds. I mean, dude, the first two Canelo Triple G fights we disagree on. A lot of people disagree on. It, well, that doesn't mean the fight's fixed. Just means we disagree. Yep. If you watch, there have been robberies. This was not one of them. Two, Jake Paul's 25 years old. He's 6-0 and as a pro fighter. And everybody says, you need to go fight a pro boxer. What you really want to say is, I need to see Jake Paul lose. That's all <laughs> you're saying. Because you're not saying, you don't want him to fight a real boxer. You want him to fight somebody that can beat him. Those are two very different things. Because, go through the history, uh, go to BoxRec. 
and look and see who your favorite fought, fighter fought for his sixth fucking fight. If his name is not Lomachenko, you're going to be Dude, bamboozled. Julio Cesar Chavez, sixth pro fight, was against a guy who was 0-0. He beat him. The guy never fought again. His only fight ever. Was the Julio Cesar Chavez. That was his sixth pro fight. That's one hell of a story, though. I ain't going to lie to you. He was like, I was driving cabs. I got out, got my ass kicked. Went back to work. Told his kids, his grandkids, like, his never doing this grandkids. Again. But he's not a pro fighter. That guy's not a pro fighter. Uh, Manny Pacquiao fought a guy who was 8-19 and 19 for his sixth pro fight. The guy ended his career like 11-39. and 39. What are we doing here? Anderson Silva at least beat a former world champion. Yep. I'm not saying that Jake Paul is going to be the, the WBC middleweight. I'm not saying any of that shit. Well, cut it out. You don't want to see a pro boxer because KSI fought two of the motherfuckers in one night. <laughs> and he knocked them both out. They were trash. Yep. But they were pro boxers. And it, this was the toughest test of date. He was 47. I uh, agree. He's old. Whatever, whatever you want to say, that is fine. Look good. Anderson Silva looked good. Anderson Silva would beat a lot of people. Yes. Which he's already done by beating Chavez Jr. Give Jake some credit. You ain't got to like him as an individual, but he's, he's in a catch-22. And this is, the, this is the interesting part. We'll, go, we'll talk more about the fight in a second. But when you talk about his next fight, he can't really fight a pro boxer if his name's not Tommy Fury. Because if he fights... Rockman. Eh, here's the problem with Rockman. Rockman's got a fight coming up. Yes. Rockman loses, his fight goes up to smoke. True. More importantly, nobody gives a fuck about Hasim Rockman Jr. Nobody. And if you're Jake Paul and you're in a position where you have to sell fights, pro boxers, if you find some dude that's 12 and 0 that nobody's ever heard of, you ain't selling no fights. No. Now you're a failure, which is the reason why the Anderson Silva fight was appealing to an audience, which is an MMA audience. They want to see that fight. Tommy Fury is appealing because of the last name. And the dude's a handsome dude that lives in the UK. But he can't fight. No, Jake, Jake knocks him out. Jake's going to drag him. In the UK, it's a smart fight to make. But if you go down the list, like, who, who do you want him to fight? Who's going to sell, who's gonna sell that, I want to see him fight a pro boxer? Guess what? Most of you people that complain about that don't watch boxing, and you wouldn't know a pro boxer if I told you a pro boxer. No. Name someone who fights at 175. Yeah, I, I'll be like, give, uh... Yeah. I'll give you a name, and you'll be like, that's not a pro boxer. I'll be like, yes, he is. He's 18 and 0 with 17 knockouts. Like, what do you, what do you want him to do? You want him to fight Arthur better be it. You want him to fight Edgar Belanga? <laughs> Oh, God. That'd be a good fight. What? It, Berlanga's like, he's, he's a fighter. Berlanga might kill him. <laughs> but, but, but that power is incredible. And, and those guys aren't necessarily looking for Jake Paul either. No. Which is the reason why Canelo's like, who? I make all this money without Jake Paul. I don't need him. But let, let, let the man live. Let the man fight a Tommy Fury or a Nate Diaz. Those are the two people who's probably going to fight next. Yep. One of those two. Then KSI. Then KSI. And then we can find somebody that emerges that has a big enough name. But the one thing about Jake Paul is if you've been around this guy, yeah, he boasts a lot, but he's extremely conscious of the level that he's at right now. Yes, he wants to fight Canelo. But if you watch the press conference, when Norm Freeman, who, who works at the ring, asked him about Benavidez, what did Jake say? I don't want that smoke. No. <laughs> I'm good. Know. He knows where he's at skill-wise. Yes, eventually he wants to fight Canelo. But right now, he's just like, dude, I'm progressing. Like, BJ Flores. Like, 
He's got a lot of money. He trained in Puerto Rico. He has the resources. He's got J. Leon Love. He's got BJ Flores. He's learning. He's getting better. The dude looks tremendously different than he did when he fought an Easton Gibb. Leaps and bounds. He's put the work in. Give the man some fucking credit, but I get it. All y'all want is to hate Jake Paul. Turn the fucking channel. <laughs> Don't watch the shit. You know who he's better than? Everyone talking shit on social media. Yeah. Everyone. Look, you want him to fight somebody? You fight him. And I guarantee he knocks all of them out. He, he's, he fights better than all of the normal people in the world now. He's good. Yeah, at first I couldn't say that. Like, at first, like, Anderson Gibb, like, bloodied his nose. It was weird. I was like, ah, some normal people off the street might give him problems. Now, nah. Like, he's a you, fighter. You got to be, like, on some real deal. Like, no. And I, it's cool. You want to see him fight a pro boxer. Then it's the pro boxer's job to have a name that sells. And, and that's what it comes down to. Because if you don't sell, he's not on the average trajectory. He's not opening up even the pay-per-view card. I, I'm going to bring Keep going. I, I, I'm just looking up something right now. It takes something serious to be a pay-per-view headliner. And I believe he did it in his third fight. To then continue that and then now say, well, who can I fight that helps me sell pay-per-views but also become better? Anderson Silva is a guy I looked at. I was like, I think he could beat him, but I'm not sure. It made him better. All right. So I had to look this up. Well, I agree with you on all those accounts, but I had to look this up. All right. Cruiserweight. That's what they fought at. Cruiserweight. Yep. Here are your top 10 ring magazine cruiserweights. You stop me when you, see one, when you hear one that can sell a fight. Yep. Riyad Mahiri is 30-1 and one with 25 knockouts. He's ranked number 10. Yep. Skip. Chris Billiam Smith, 16-1? Nope. Yeah, I'm going to skip a few. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go to number five. Tiabisi Machuno? Excuse me? Yep. 23-6 with 13 knockouts. All right. He's been, he's been ranked he's number on, five. He's 23-6. Exactly. But he's a, he's a pro fighter. Uh, Makabu, who was the guy that Canelo was supposed to fight? Yeah. And then Canelo realized, I'm motherfucking ain't selling shit. I ain't going to fight him. He's the WBC champion. He is 29 and 2. He's been on the list for 485 weeks. Makabu's like 39, right? Makabu's old as fuck. Look at this man. <laughs> this man, this man looks like Luis Ortiz. Yes. Daddy. <laughs> Come nah, on, man. Jake might fight him. Four years? But I'm saying, Dortico's, he ain't fighting him. Dortico's is a killer. He's got power. Yeah. But my point is, none of them sell. No, and people don't know Dortico's. They'll call him Doritos. Right. Oh, Bradis? No. He ain't fighting no damn Bradis. It don't Bradis sell. Wants to fight him. But it don't no. sell. There's a business aspect of it. Floyd Mayweather was not going to fight some guy that you thought was dangerous just because you thought he was dangerous. Yep. Floyd Mayweather was going to fight somebody that can help him break record selling pay-per-views. Jake Paul can't fight people that you don't know. Because if he loses, guess what y'all are going to say? He was never that Told good you. to begin with. Yep. And the WBC is crazy. People... Again, people don't know boxing. At all. Jake wants to be a champion. He didn't say he wanted to be the champion. He doesn't need to be undisputed. He doesn't need to be WBC super. FYI, Javante Davis isn't a champion. The guy don't got a belt right now. Like, there's so many secondary champions. Ryan Garcia is not a champion. He has eight belts in his trophy case. Jake just needs to fight a boxer, and the WBC is going to give him some belt. 
Yeah, they'll make up some social media. Intercontinental for the vacant WBC Intercontinental North American Instagram Championship. Coastal Championship. They, like, they'll find some shit. They they will. One of their belts is vacated and they're just waiting to give it to Jake. Yeah, but none, none of that shit matters. What should matter though. In which him, by the way, him and Tommy Fury could fight for a belt. Yeah. Wow. Tommy Fury fighting for a belt is wild. Oh. Um, they have enough fights, they qualify, and they have like WBC International, yeah, blah, I know. blah, blah. They'll they'll fashion a belt. But here's the other thing about Jake Paul. If you if you don't like him, right, you at least have to commend him for what he's done. He's gave a bunch of MMA fighters tremendous paydays. Yes. Anderson Silva, Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley. All of them have said, hey, got paid more than I fought fighting in the UFC, right? Not to mention, he made a bet with Anderson Silva that if he beats him, he's going to start this fighters union. Now, granted, Nikisa, who is his advisor and helps run MVP promotions, will be the brains behind this operation. But when we talk about fighter pay, if Jake Paul is doing this, we got to give him credit for it. And uh, I mean, obviously, people have seen the the quote when I asked Jake Paul if he had a message for Dana White. Yes, that Dana <laughs> could suck this dick. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. goddammit. it! But I, my immediate reaction was Andreas just wants to get banned from UFC. Y'all get, I've been waiting. <laughs> what day? You tell me what day it'll be, and I'll be there. Like, just let me know what it's going to look like the day I get banned. But I'm I'm serious, Jake Paul. <laughs> Dana White, and the reason why I asked that question wasn't completely out of the blue. When Dana White was asked about that fight, he was like, Jake Paul will never challenge Anderson Silva. He'll never challenge him. And that's, and he was like, Jake, Jake. And that's why Jake replied, Dana, Dana, because <laughs> he not only did he fight him, he beat him. And it's like, Dana, why are you so concerned about Jake Paul? That let that man live. But now he's fucking up your business because now he's going to fight Nate Diaz probably. Yep. And. Look, you may say, ah, oh, another non-boxer? Yeah, but he's probably, he might do a million pay-per-views. Oh, yeah. Nate Diaz is following. Post-Connor? Bruh. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in, in combat sports. He got the biggest pop in the arena. Easy. And he and didn't dumb. even fight. Like, he was just there. He just, he was just there. That's all he did. And, now, and also, Nate Diaz, you know, his boxing train with Andre Ward, like, he does boxing, like, his style is conducive to boxing. You're going to tell me that you want him to fight like Dorticos and possibly lose versus fighting Nate Diaz and, and doing a million pay-per-view buys? Get the fuck out of here. Leave Jake Paul the fuck alone. And he probably beats Nate. He probably does. And Nate's a journeyman. Well, come <laughs> on, guys. Like, I don't know what y'all want. All I'm telling you, like, when you keep telling me that Jake Paul is, I don't like this, there's so many options. There's a lot of songs that I don't like. I just won't listen to them. Yeah. So if Jake Paul's fighting and you don't like it, move the fuck on. The number one hits. I don't care. Move yeah. on. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Yep. That don't mean I'm hating. Just move on. But a lot of y'all are hating. Relax. When we have a fight to talk about this weekend in preview, we're talking real quick. And aside, songs that you like, you're a Swifty now. What? Taylor about? Swift fan. Yes, Taylor Swift's new album is good. Yeah, there you go. Just wanted to hear you saying on the pop. I'm not a Swifty. I just, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a Swifty. Want to go to the surprised. concert? She comes to Vegas. Absolutely not. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to that shit. Uh, I'm trying to buy tickets. Going too far. Uh, uh, so we have... <laughs> going too far. Uh, Jesus. We can go to our concert. But upcoming concert aside, that's in the future, we have Dimitri Bivol defending his title this weekend. Title he kept, I did not expect him to have right now. The way Canelo was going, I was just like, all right, this is Canelo's next victim. Turns out he was too much for Canelo. Something I think you said prior to that fight. 
because of the measurables. But now he's fighting Zerto Ramirez, who's as big in comparison to him as he's Bivol big. was to Canelo. Gilberto's big. Huge. Just towering over Bivol. Whole different bag of problems now. And I think he's slick and I like his skills. But I was never overly like he's indestructible. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Oh, let me, let me make a point about Demetri Bivol real quick. Canelo did what y'all want Jake Paul to do. Canelo went and challenged himself. Yep. It was an ill-advised challenge, and he fucking lost. And the people who hated Canelo then still hate him now. What do they say? See? You got exposed. You see? You can't win. No matter what happens, if people don't like you, they just don't like you. Bivol's fighting Ramirez this weekend is a fight that not really anybody's talking about in the mainstream. Boxer fans, like, we're, we're going to be watching this shit. Saudi Arabia paid a lot of money for this shit because nobody else will. It's, it's a big fight on a number of levels for Bivol because if Bivol wins, yes, the, the doors are busted wide open. He's already said it. I want to be undisputed against better BF. Canelo will always be there. And that's funny because it's true. Like, Canelo's, like, seething right now. It's like he's injured. And he's like, I want to fight him again. Bivol's like, you can wait. Like, <laughs> you tried it. You failed. But this is a very good fight because Zerto is a very good boxer. He's a very good light heavyweight. He's got power. He moves well. Bivol is just so technically sound. I'm not sure if he can penetrate that defense. And that's always been my thing about Bivol. Like, when he fought Zodich, he, when he fought, uh, what is it, Don Stevenson? No, not Don Stevenson. Who else did he fight? John Pascal? Jesus Pascal Christ. he fought. Yeah, it's just, he's so technically sound. He keeps his elbows tucked. He has a great jab. He's hard to beat. He's hard to look good against. That's the key. He's hard to look good against. But if you flurry him with output, that's always my thing in beating a guy like that. Yeah, but he throws back. That's the problem. Like, Bivol doesn't just sit there and languish on the ropes and let you get shit off. He throws jabs. Yeah, and they're highly effective jabs. If you throw power punches, I'm always a, always in the aspect of, if you land more power punches in a round, there's judges giving you the round. Yeah, I just, I don't you know. You throw them, though, without that jab just hitting you in the nose constantly, and you're just yeah. like, fuck. That was Canelo's problem. Kept getting hit in the nose by the jab. And he was like, I'm tired of throwing these haymakers. Well, you know, the problem with Canelo is he couldn't move them, right? Like, no matter what Canelo did, he couldn't keep Bavall from closing the gap, operating in space, like creating distance. Zerto has that opportunity. He's not nearly as good as a boxer as Canelo. He's going to have to outwork him. But he has the natural gift. Yeah, he has, I mean, he has the natural size. He has, you know, he has some power. But I think Bavall's jab, well, he, he's just too technically sound. And I feel like, I don't think he'll stop him. I think he'll just kind of pick him apart win like an 8-4 decision, and then he'll target better BF, which will be a huge fight. And, and huge for boxing fans. It won't be huge to the mainstream. Yeah. I think, um, damn, I, this is a 50-50 fight for me. I think Zerto's really good. He's just still very young. Yeah. And it's just, or, I get it. And I'm not a big fan of how like Golden Boy goes about their stuff. I don't think they give him hard enough challenges before they get to this level. And then it's just like, yo, this is a huge step up in competition to everyone Romero's was fighting before. Everyone. It's just like, fuck. So I would love to project the skills and the talent and everything. But I've never seen him against a caliber guy like that. I mean, this is what Golden Boy does. Yeah, just buys their time. Cue Jaime Munguia. 
Who the fuck is Jaime Munguia for in the last, like, so many years? Like He's he, booking another fight? I still don't know he's yeah, fighting. He don't know. He knows about as much of his opponent as Terrence Crawford knows about nah, David yeah. Avenisi. Like, he don't even know how to say his goddamn name. Nah, at least I know David Avenisi. I ain't never heard of the person Munguia's fighting next. Yeah, he has I don't think he got a Wikipedia. He don't. <laughs> he's just fighting guys with Wikipedia. Real quick before we get out of here. Boy, this Terrence Crawford thing is... Terrence Crawford has space brains. I was very... Very sports entertained by him and Errol Spence going back and forth on Twitter. If their fight, if they ever fight, is half as good as that, it's worth it. I, I just need Terrence. Terrence Crawford, he's, he's drifting into Kanye and Kyrie zone. Oh, no. <laughs> Not with like conspiracy theories, but with I'm the smartest guy in the room business-wise. So he's, he's saying, you know, I got a hedge fund that's going to pay for this fight. Al Heyman's like, who are you? Like, it's like, like if I if I trade on the stock market and some kid on the block was like, I got this great tip for you. Fuck out of here, kid. Like, <laughs> prove yourself. Hedge fund. I don't know whose hedge fund this is. Yep. I'm Al Heyman. You want to fight? Like, we ain't, there's no split. It's coming on my network, my people, and you're coming over here because you need this fight. You have nowhere else to go. Not... Oh, Terrence Crawford shows up. It's like, look, sir. He clearly has BLK Prime. <laughs> Yo. Listen, he'll take money from everybody. Any, anyone? Look, man, I ain't mad at you getting the bag. I have no problem with this. But stop lying to yourself like this is going to be a game changer or this is going to help you stop. You just get in the bag. And I need Terrence Crawford. And this is why I talk about Space Brain. He keeps saying, I don't need Errol Spence. He said it a lot. Tons. Yes, you do. If you want, like, if you're fighting to be paid, just say that then. And we'll all leave you the fuck alone. If Terrence Crawford shows up and was like, hey, man, I'm fighting for the cash and that is it. I don't want to be the best. I want to be Money Crawford. Okay. Sure. Fine. But if you keep saying I'm the best in the world and I don't need him to prove it, that's kind of impossible. Imagine going, look, the World Series. Imagine the Houston getting to the World Series, looking at feelings like, we don't need to play them. <laughs> we're better than them. We're better than them. We don't need that. Yep. So we're, we're, we're going to not play the World Series. Now, look. Like, I don't know how this World Series is going to go. We're going to play the Oakland A's. Yeah, we're just going to pick us, somebody else. Crown us champions. Yeah, crown us champions. I don't need that shit. I'm going to get more money playing whoever, a bigger market team, than playing the guys who earned their way. It's ridiculous. Space brain, relax. You need Errol Spence if you want to be the best in the world. Or just tell us otherwise. Stop lying. Yeah. Let fans move on. That's the key. Y'all even going to get it done or let fans move on? Because all these young kids, I'll say it. The networks and everything are still in 90s brain, 2000s brain. They need to get on program because these young kids will fight each other. Don't let that shit get to where this is. They want to fight each other. Let them fight. Yeah, let, and make, and make the deals a lot simpler. And I know business transactions are very difficult. Rights, all this stuff is very complicated. I get that. But if fighter A wants to fight... Fighter B, and you're arguing about who gets the bigger split. All right, 40 40 and 20% to the winner. Let, hey, give me incentive to win. Let's do it. <laughs> like, because I know you want to protect your fighter and you want to do all this stuff, but the sport can't grow unless you let these fighters fight each other. There is a place in between the UFC and boxing that's like utopia for fight fans, where the best fight the best and they're also getting paid. We haven't found that place yet. The UFC is getting ready to have a huge card at the Garden. Where these guys is a quick aside, and I will talk about this more in an MMA episode. I talked to Michael Chandler, I asked him about Jake Paul, 
He's like, Jake Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. And I was like, well, Michael, here's the difficulty. It's hard for you to quantify what you make as a UFC fighter if you don't tell us. If the UFC doesn't disclose it, we're always going to be critical. And if other fighters are also saying, I'm not getting paid, what are you defending? He's yeah. like, well, Jake doesn't know what he's talking about. All right, fine. <laughs> I, can't argue, I can't discuss this with you. Question, no, you're not, you're not going to get to it. Boxing, we know what they get paid. They get paid a lot of money. Yep. But there's a place in the middle where Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence fight, and they go, hey, is $40 million good enough for both of you? And the winner gets 10. But these, the, the egos say, no, nah, I should get 50 million and he should get 40. What are we doing? I'm okay with even, I'm okay with 50 no matter what for Spence, 40% guaranteed to Crawford. The winner gets the extra 10. So, but if you win, it's 50 50. That's what you wanted anyway. Spence, if you win, it ends up being 60-40. That's what you want. But I, also, I want to be clear. Easy. I, I don't know if either of these guys get paid that much. Because this fight. Spence get paid. Well, what does more pay-per-view buys? buys? This Spence Crawford or Paul Diaz? Paul Diaz. So Might how, double it. So how do you justify paying them like these ridiculous amounts? Don't of money? even matter. Just to ask. get them to step in the ring. It's going to be harder now because Black Prime is about to, is a BLK Prime. It's Black Prime. <laughs> BLK Prime is about to give Crawford 10 mil plus, I think a reported now, $12 million. Don't nobody know. To sell about 20,000 pay-per-views. 20,000? Be generous. I don't even know where to find it. So I'm, I, this thing bricks. 20,000 is a brick. Th- no, I'm talking, this thing is worse than 20. This thing bricks like it's only bootleg. Nah, this thing bricks like Russell Rushbrook from three. This thing is bad. Somebody paying for twenty thousand, not thirty bucks. All right, you paying thirty nine ninety nine for a, you have to download an app you've never heard of. Yeah, and you have to put your credit card information, which I wouldn't feel comfortable. And is this available on my television? Is it on Roku? No, I've never seen it. But yeah, so I cut the cords. It's what is it? December third or the tenth? Tenth. I got shit to do that day. There's a lot of shit to do. Teofimo, UFC. Right. So you're going head-to-head with a UFC card with Terrence Crawford versus David Avenesian? Even then, if you're a boxing fan. You ain't that big of a boxer. You got Teofimo. Right. Fighting. You have Big Baby on that card. Yes. You have Xander on that card. And it's free. You have Keyshawn on that card. All free on ESPN. So 20,000, you're being generous. I'm this covering thing, boxing. They won't that. release the numbers of how this does because it's going to be that bad. I don't, Yo, he fought Amir Khan for free. I'm not a businessman, but if someone's investing all this in an app like that, they may need to just get some shit off the books. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so I, I don't know how you turn a profit. So it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see how that all plays out and see if Spencer Crawford are done for now. Talking because we've seen fights and deals get made before other people fight people. Like I've seen Terrence or uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder both be like, you know what? Now nah, we're taking uh, fights in between this, but we're booking this already. And Luis Ortiz like, what the fuck? Like we're gonna I'm, Tyson Fury fought twice in between. Yeah, but th- but that's the problem. Like Terrence Crawford didn't tell anybody. No, he didn't tell nobody. Like Terrence Crawford's like, I'm just gonna go fight this guy. You think Al Hamer's like waiting for you? He's going to move on. Spence is already about to fight. I mean, honestly, honestly, this fight's going to brick. And if I'm Al Heyman. I give him less off. 
No, I don't offer nothing. Whatever. I'd be like, hey, you got to come to me. Like, whatever it was that was there before, you ain't getting that shit. And I know it's bad because box fans are like, we want that fight. Dog, if I'm if I'm out Heyman and I'm t- and Errol Spence, I'm like, fuck that guy. If Heyman, honestly, if you make Spence Thurman, anyone miss Spence Crawford? I mean, people are going to miss it. But the next thing, like, here's the other thing. And here's the last thing before we go home on this show. Spence fights, let's say he fights Keith Thurman January, February, right? Who's to say that Spence doesn't go, fuck this weight class? He should. He's big as hell. (laughs) And he's out. Now you're Terrence Crawford and you're like, and Al Heyman was like, you know what you can do? You can fight boot tennis. Kiss my ass. Star belt collected. Hey, you can fight. Go to Golden Boy. Go fight Virgil Ortiz Jr. Because you got one. Now you got an infinity stone gauntlet this shit and try to collect the other yeah, three. My man's going to, like, he's going to move up, vacate those belts. Good fucking luck. Yep. You'll never be on the speed. <laughs> At that weight class. So it's a tricky sport. Leverage is one hell of a thing. So we'll see how all that plays out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's show. We appreciate you all. Take care of, like, listen, the great poet Marshawn Lynch said, take care of your chicken. <laughs> take care of your mentals make sure you guys are good make sure that you keep um, everything in life you need that mental health day take it we appreciate you all for listening follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore on twitter corner club for life on instagram shout out to everyone here blue wire studios win Las vegas we appreciate you all for making this happen every week in the meantime though we're out peace Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.